MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside the VEASAN studios here at the Circle Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. This is My Guys in the Desert. Femi Abebefe filling in for Stormy here on a Femi Friday as we've called it so often here. But hang out with us over the next 60 minutes. We want to hear from you guys. Make sure to tweet at the show, at Live on Twitter, at Femi Abebefe is where you can find me. We have a couple guests on the show this afternoon. Adam Burke, VEASAN betting analyst and writer, joining us in studio in 15 minutes. Adam was a big part of our pro football betting guide, which you should have by now, and if not, Go ahead and do that, vsan.com slash subscribe. We're going to talk about the VEASAN Pro Football Betting Guide, also some college football week zero with Adam as well. Chris Andrews, the South Point Sportsbook Director, helps us close the show out at 245 as we get a peek behind the window on some NFL preseason week three and, of course, college football week zero, which kicks off tomorrow. But first, we get into the top five stories that you need to know as a better, starting with number one. Are the Houston Texans good? Just kidding. In all seriousness, though, the Houston Texans shut out the San Francisco 49ers last night, 17-0, covering as two-and-a-half-point underdogs. The game goes under the total of 40-and-a-half. It was the last rehearsal for one Trey Lance with the 49ers, and it was not so impressive. 7-of-11 for Lance, 49 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. He was under duress quite a bit, actually, in this game. The 49ers probably need to shore up that offensive line before we get the season going. Now, Trent Williams and those guys didn't really play, but, you know, not what you wanted to see 
with your quarterback under pressure. I'll tell you who was impressive, though. That was Houston Texans rookie running back Damian Pierce, who had six carries for 37 yards and a touchdown. Davis Mills played into the third quarter, which was a little surprising. He went 6 of 10 for 58 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. Also last night, the Kansas City Chiefs defeated the Green Bay Packers 17 to 10. In that game, the Chiefs covered that three-point spread, and they finished the game going under the total of 37.5. Jordan Love, 16 for 26, 148 yards and an interception. After the game, QB1, Aaron Rodgers, the two-time reigning defending MVP, said that Love has, quote, become a master of the offense. Patrick Mahomes, he did not play for Kansas City, but notable for the Chiefs, rookie wide receiver Matt Bushman, three catches, 73 yards, and two touchdowns. The number two story that you need to know is that the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback competition may be coming to an end soon. Head coach Mike Tomlin announced that Mitch Trubisky will start in Sunday's preseason finale against the Detroit Lions. So he's still kind of the apple of Mike Tomlin's eye. This is all in despite of Kenny Pickett emerging here through the month of August and making a push for that starter job. Pickett has thrived in these, quote, varsity-like reps that Tomlin has talked about, but Pickett will now be the second quarterback who comes off the bench in this game, Mason Rudolph being QB3. Right now, the Steelers' four-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Lions in their preseason finale. The total sitting at 39. There's some 38-and-a-halves out there in the market, but right now at DraftKings, that total sits at 39. The number three story that you need to know is that all eyes are going to be on Jerry World tonight between the Seattle Seahawks and the Dallas Cowboys. Pete Carroll has announced that Geno Smith will get the start in this preseason finale, but Drew Locke will play a significant amount of time. This comes after last week, Drew Locke missing that entire week of practice and the game against the Chicago Bears after testing positive for COVID-19. Now, this is still a quarterback competition that is very much in the air. However, Geno Smith continues to be the quarterback who gets the number one reps for that Seattle offense. Also, we'll see the Dallas Cowboys offense with Tyron Smith now on the shelf until December at the earliest after suffering that severe hamstring injury. Right now, Seattle seven-point road favorites in this game. The total sits at 37 and a half. The Seahawks have been bet heavily throughout the week. This number opening at two and a half now, a full touchdown for the road chop. The number four story that you need to know is that we got three other games going on in the National Football League. The Buffalo Bills are in Carolina to take on the Panthers. The Panthers six and a half point favorites. Total sitting at 40. Baker Mayfield will start for Carolina. The Bills will not be playing their starters in this game. Also in New Orleans, the Saints host the Los Angeles Chargers as three point favorites. Total sitting at 36 and a half. According to ESPN's Jeremy Fowler, Jameis Winston is expected to start in this game. The Chargers, it's a Brandon Staley coach team. We can expect their starters to sit on the sidelines as they get ready for their week one game, hosting the Las Vegas Raiders in about nine days. And then the final game that we got going on tonight is here in Las Vegas over at Allegiant Stadium where the Las Vegas Raiders host the New England Patriots. Raiders, two-point favorites, total sitting at 36 and a half. We know the Patriots starters will play, including Matt Jones, but we don't know how much. No word yet on what the Raiders will do with their starters, but so far this preseason, Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, and company have sat on the sidelines. And the number five story that you need to know as a better is that Joe Flacco might be getting his revenge against the Baltimore Ravens, or at least he's going to get an opportunity, we think, in this week one game. This is from New York Post Brian Costello, quoting that 
All signs point to Flacco starting week one against the Baltimore Ravens at home. Jets head coach Robert Sala said that he wants to wait another week to officially declare who the opening day starter is, but Costello hinted that Wilson, after undergoing that surgery to repair the torn meniscus and bone bruise, isn't close to game action. Quote, once he's able to get on his feet and stand for hours at a time, he'll be much closer, is what Robert Sala told reporters last week. At last check, the Ravens seven-point road favorites in this opening week game over in the Meadowlands, that total sitting at 45, but a potential revenge opportunity for one Joe Flacco. Oh, how tasty that might be. All right, those are the five stories that you need to know as a better, and let's get to the finally football. We love alliterations here on My Guys in the Desert. Finally football, my five favorite college football bets that I have made so far ahead of the regular season. Number one is the USC under nine and a half on their win total. That juice is around minus 120 over at DraftKings. Now, expecting 10 wins from a team that last year just won four games, in my opinion, is way out of whack. I respect Lincoln Riley as a head coach. He went to the playoff twice at Oklahoma here, but expecting him to turn this whole program around in one year is just too much too soon. Also, I'm a little skeptical of transfer quarterback Caleb Williams. I know a lot of people are high on him. He was a highly recruited guy out of that D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. But what I saw last year was a young and inexperienced quarterback who made quite a bit of mistakes. I mean, he was doing the same stuff that Spencer Rattler was doing, but we all liked Williams, and we didn't like Spencer Rattler because he was on a Netflix show. So I think that this Williams thing is just a little bit too much, expecting him to be a Heisman hopeful type of quarterback. And as someone who was heavily invested in OU a year ago, trust me, I was sweating out those games here, wasn't too impressed with what Williams was doing behind center there. But the main reason why I'm not sold on the Trojans is because of what they lack in the trenches. They don't have enough good big bodies, in my opinion. If they were playing seven-on-seven, I would bet on USC to win the national title because they got all the weapons, the quarterback, the receivers, all those guys in the DBs and stuff, but we're not playing seven-on-seven. This is 11-on-11 football, and I think that this team is going to be pushed around a little bit by the likes of Utah, Notre Dame, hell, even Stanford might be able to give them some trouble with their physicality up front. So USC, they don't have enough physicality. It's still year one and a lot of change. I'm going to go under nine and a half on the regular season win total. My number two bet that I like is Clemson to win the ACC at minus 130. This one is kind of boring, but I think it's the smart play in that conference here. Just think back to last year and how bad things had to be for Clemson to finally give up that conference championship crown. DJ Uwe Ungalale was horrific. The offensive line, they couldn't block, and yet somehow they still won nine games in the regular season. I know NC State is kind of the new flavor of the month, the team that everybody loves in this conference, but get this. In Clemson's absolute worst year, over the last six to seven years, the Wolfpack needed double overtime to beat Clemson at home. That just goes to show you the gap from a talent perspective between Clemson and the rest of the conference. I think people are just getting a little too cute when they're taking some of these dark horses out there in the ACC. If DJ is just average, I think that Clemson is a national title kind of contender, and they'll roll to the conference title. If he's bad, they have a stud freshman in Cade Klubnik who can take over that QB number one spot. So Clemson at minus 130, and the Tigers, of course, have one of the better defenses in the country. The number three bet that I have in my college football account is Texas running back Bijan Robinson to win the Heisman Trophy at 40 to 1. Now, this is probably my only kind of frisky college football bet that's at a big price, and I just couldn't resist it. Now, the downside of this is that running backs don't really win the Heisman anymore. The last running back to do it was Derrick Henry back in 2015. The last non Alabama running back to do it was Reggie Bush in 2005. I still acknowledge it, unlike some weirdos out there. 10 of the last 12 Heisman voters have been, or Heisman winners, I should say, have also been quarterbacks. However, the 
Texas running back is the best running back in the country, in my opinion. And what interests me about this bet the most is that Robinson's usage is going to be for an all-purpose kind of running back there in Steve Sarkeesian's offense. At Big 12 Media Day, Robinson talked about he's not just going to be carrying the ball out of the backfield. He's going to line up in the slot. He's going to line up out wide. Very reminiscent to Christian McCaffrey back in 2015, who I think actually should have won the Heisman that year. So Texas being a high-profile program, if they can be a top-two team in the Big 12, I think Robinson's going to have the big numbers to be on the big stage. And the number four bet that I've made here in this college football season is for an Alabama-Ohio State national title prop at plus 375. This is over at the Westgate Superbook here in Las Vegas. And listen, it's cool to try to find the long shots like LSU in 2019 or Auburn in 2010, but let's get real. College football is a lot like the NBA in terms of predictability here. Wild stuff will happen over the course of the season, but I think at the end, we all know the teams who are going to be there in the national title game. Give me Bama and Ohio State plus 375 to meet in that national title game. And finally... Speaking of the national title, my last bet here in college football is the Ohio State Buckeyes to win the national title at plus 600 and plus 500. O-H-I-O. Let's go, baby. I believe this team is the best team in the country, which is probably fighting words in Tuscaloosa, but I don't care. This offense is going to be flat out electric. C.J. Stroud entering the season as the Heisman favorite. He has Travion Henderson as a running back right behind him, who outside of Bijan Robinson is the best running back in the country. The wide receiver room might be better this year than it was last year, despite losing Olave and Wilson. The O-line should be improved, but I say all of that. But the defense is the big thing. I think the defense with Jim Knowles now as a defensive coordinator will be really improved. That defensive line is young. They're hungry. They're going to get after the quarterback. Give me the Buckeyes, plus 600, plus 500. We're going all the way to the national title, O-H-I-O. We're going to restore it out there in Columbus. So those are my five college football bets. We'll ask Adam Burke about them on the other side. Adam Burke, VEASAN betting analyst and writer, joins us in studio here on My Guys in the Desert. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. 
I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. The VSIN Pro Football Guide is out now. This year's guide is packed with Super Bowl and playoff predictions, season win total bets, best best bets, I should say, for every team, and best ways to bet rookie quarterbacks, plus a bookmaker breakdown on what futures the public and respected bettors are making. Remember, the only way to get access to this year's football betting guides is to become a VEASAN all-access subscriber. Sign up on our discounted football special and get all access to everything we do from now through the Super Bowl for only $175 or save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter all year long. Go to vcin.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This is My Guys in the Desert coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Femi Abebefe alongside our guy Adam Burke, VEASAN betting analyst and writer over at vcin.com. Adam had a lot to do with this mammoth of a guide that I was just talking about here, the VEASAN Pro Football Guide. It's been out since yesterday, and if you don't have it, like I mentioned at the top of the show, you're simply doing it wrong. And we, we, need, we need a physical copy just to show people how big this thing is. Like, you totally. are getting, because it's easy to say over 100 pages and on a digital copy, you can scroll and scroll, but like, this is a mammoth of a copy, folks. It's this a lot is, of trees. It's a lot of trees and a lot of ink, but Adam... This guide is a masterpiece once again here from our folks here at VEASAN. Yeah, I think everybody did a phenomenal job with it. I did the NFC West and then also an article on win total tiers, which I'm sure we're going to talk about. But mm. everybody that had a hand in this thing put together very, very fine work. And you know, I think it's a great time, obviously, to subscribe over at VEASAN.com and not only get 
that 12 pound guide that Femi was holding <laughs> yeah. up. Also, the college football guide. You know, mm-hmm. we only have 11 FBS teams in action this weekend, but also we got a lot of great content coming your way throughout the course of the season, including panel best bets, matchup guides, all kinds of great stuff for you. So it's not like you're just paying for the guide, you're getting mm-hmm. a whole lot more to go along with it. Yep, get a lot of stuff with our VSIN Pro and all that stuff. It's going to be a lot of packed information that's actionable. To help you along as a better this year. Smarter, better year round. You're doing some curls with that thing, aren't you? I mean, that's kind of what I keep (laughs) lifting it up here. I didn't get my workout in this afternoon. So I'm just mainly just lifting the guide to kind of uh, supplant that. So uh, any whom you mentioned season win total tiers, which I think is really interesting because you outlined the win totals you love, the ones you like, the ones that you're not so sure on, the ones that you wouldn't bet with another person's money. But before we get into the team specifically, we highlighted this stat yesterday on the show, and it was one of my five favorite nuggets from the guide, and it talked about the win totals and how necessarily they might not be exactly what the teams actually do this year, that there's so many ranges of possibilities and outcomes. Uh, can you dive into that and just let the viewers know what you mean by all these win totals and uh, how some of these teams kind of outperform or underperform vastly what the projected number is? Yeah, so 32 teams in the NFL, 19 of them last year were at least plus or minus one and a half wins off of their season win total line. And of those 19 12 teams were at least two and a half wins plus or minus relative to their win total line. So there are some lines out there now that are juiced pretty heavily. I know a lot of people are kind of allergic to chalk in this industry, and I understand (laughs) why. But alternate win totals are things that can have a significant amount of value. And look, I mean, since 2002, there have only been two seasons in which a team failed to go from worst to first in one of the NFL divisions. Obviously, if you go from worst to first, I mean, that's a team that's going to surpass its win total by four, five, six, seven games in some cases. So, you know, that's something that you want to look for here in this NFL market is look for teams that you think are not only mispriced, but could be significantly mispriced if they run into injuries, if they things just don't work out from a coaching standpoint, something like that. There will be teams that fall nowhere near their win total line, mm-hmm. and you can play those alternate win totals for the bigger payouts. Let's talk about the L.A. Rams because they fall into the category of win totals that you love. And I feel like as a betting industry and football people in general, we're not really talking about this Rams team because it's not sexy to talk about the defending Super Bowl champions and say, oh, the Rams are good uh, moving along here. But you're going the other way. Why are you a little skeptical about this Rams team in 2022? Yeah. So, look, I mean, first of all, the Rams played 21 games last year. That's a lot, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously going all the way through the playoffs and being a team that got on a run in the second half of the season. They were only seven and four through their first 11 games. So they really took off in the second half of the year. And a lot of that had to do with staying remarkably healthy. And it was the second straight year, in fact, that the Rams have stayed really healthy. And that just doesn't happen really year over year in the NFL. You run into bad injury luck at some point. And I think because of the workload that the Rams have had the last couple of years, this could be a season where things kind of go awry on the injury front. And of course, we already have Matthew Stafford and the injury that he's dealing with after throwing, I believe, 741 passes last year Jeez. between the regular season and the playoffs. So you know, a lot of mileage on him. He's had the bad back throughout his career with the Lions as well. But to me, I think the biggest thing, even if they stay healthy, The Rams play 10 of their 17 games against teams that made the playoffs last year. And also on the schedule, the Broncos, who are much better now with Russell Wilson. Mm -hmm. The Saints, who a lot of people really like, not only to make the playoffs, but possibly to win that NFC South division. And the Chargers, who missed the playoffs by mere seconds. So the Rams have a very, very challenging and difficult schedule. 
And I think that's something that could catch up with them more than anything else. We're speaking with Adam Burke, VEASAN betting analyst and writer over at VEASAN.com. Does a lot of great work. Had a lot to do with our pro football betting guide. Uh, We talked about the Rams with the defending Super Bowl champions. Let's talk about this team, the Buffalo Bills here, the team that graces the cover of our pro football betting guide. They are the betting favorite in the market to win the Super Bowl. They have the highest win total. But this was a win total that was in the not-so-sure category. What has you confused about the Bills? Well, I mean, look, last year, Buffalo only mustered 11 wins, and they played a Charmin soft schedule. I mean, it was a very, very weak schedule. They played the worst schedule in the National Football League, and they had some nice wins. They also had some losses that were just completely impossible to explain. So asking this team to win 12 games this year, is the talent there? Absolutely. But they play closer to a league average schedule this season. And I think the guy in the cover here, Josh Allen, you know, look, when they got really good late in the year and in their playoff showings, He was more of a runner. He was a guy that kind of took the game completely into his own hands. That's not something I would expect to see early on in the season here because you've got to maintain your body. You know, so I don't think Josh Allen's going to be running around in the first half of the season here. Obviously, they do lose their offensive coordinator in Brian Dable. But remember, this was a seven and six team last year. After 13 games, they lost to the Jaguars, they lost to the Steelers. This is just a scenario to me where I think this team is really good. If they win the Super Bowl, I'm not going to be surprised. But I think betting on them to go 12-5 and or better, along with laying some overjuice, I don't think that's a good wager at all. I really want to bet on this Bills team in some form or fashion. I haven't done that yet. But when you look at the schedule, it goes in line with what you're saying here, at least early on. They're at the Rams. Right now, they're two-and-a-half-point favorites in the market, but that's still kind of in that coin flippish range. We'll see what Stafford elbows kind of looking like in that game. But they're hosting Tennessee at Miami early season road division game at Baltimore, hosting Pittsburgh, and then you go to Kansas City, which is a place that's been kind of a house of horrors for this Buffalo Bills team. It wouldn't shock me if they started the year three and three, two and four, and then kind of similar to what we saw with Kansas City a year ago, then kind of then turned the corner once we got to late October. Right. And I think there are a couple of good follow up points to make here. The first is a lot of books will have in season win totals that Mm -hmm. they'll just kind of update week after week. That's something that we never used to have. But the legal U.S. market kind of brought that to the forefront where you have a lot more betting options now that weren't previously available in Nevada or even in the offshore sports betting world. So. To your point, if they start three and three, maybe then you kind of look at them and say, okay, Josh Allen's going to start playing different now because Mm -hmm. they have to. You know, they want to get home field in the playoffs and all that kind of thing. They want to win their division, all of that. Their style of play may change. The second thing is you don't have to be tied to a future before the season because Super Bowl odds update every single week. If they start two and four, let's say it's, you know, a horror show for them early on and they start two and four. Well, you may get them 8-1, to 9-1, to 10-1 to one to win yeah. the Super Bowl, maybe higher than that, depending on what some of the other contenders are doing. So that's something important to keep in mind is that I don't think you have to go out there and necessarily bet the favorites or the short prices or these high win totals, stuff like that. It's kind of the same concept as live betting within a game. You know, if mm-hmm. you want to play a team, but the line's too rich for you or something like that, they may give up an early touchdown. You get them at a better number in-game. You can kind of do that with the futures market as well. Yeah, I don't know if I'm just trying to speak it into existence for them to start slow so then I can actually bet on them. but Because I don't want to bet on them right now at 7-1 right. to one or plus 650 or whatever. It's they the top can, of the market. They can start 5-1 and one and they're 4-1 to one by Halloween to win the Super Bowl. You know, it's like it's uh, it's all up in the air here. But awesome, awesome information just like that here in our recent pro football. But if they are 5-1, and one, mm-hmm. then somebody else has some value. You know, somebody else is going to have a little bit of an inflated price that you expect, maybe a Chargers team or somebody like that. You know, maybe you're high on the Broncos. You know, if the Bills get off to a hot start, 
that's going to create line equity on somebody else. Yeah. Where okay, so Buffalo might go fourteen and three in the regular season. They still have to win in the playoffs. So, you know, you may get some added equity on one of the other contenders. Uh, we got about 45-ish seconds left here. Any lines that you've been eyeing for week one? We're about nine days away from uh, opening week here in the NFL. Nothing I've been looking at for week one yet. I, I just finished up with my MLB article yesterday, and I've been doing a lot of college football stuff, making mm-hmm. sure I'm prepped for week one of that. Um, you know, obviously, we'll see what the final roster cutdowns look like and everything. But a couple of teams, just to kind of mention, that I'm, I'm feeling pretty high on lately here. I, I don't know why, but I'm starting to love the Saints. I'm okay. really starting to be a big believer in the Saints. And not only that, a, I guess, disbeliever, for lack of a better word, in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm kind of thinking I may play Bucks not to make the playoffs. May Ooh. play a team like the Chiefs not to make the playoffs. Just as you're kind of looking around at the, at the conferences and how they're kind of stacked up. I think we're kind of getting to that point where, you know, maybe you kind of want to look at some of those bets that you maybe previously thought you wouldn't even think about. Bucks or Chiefs to miss the playoffs. I mean, Kansas City's schedule is difficult, and Tampa's schedule early on is really difficult as well. So it's the NFL. Anything can happen. It's an 8-8, eight 8-9 and eight, eight and kind of league here, at least by the design there from the parity standpoint. Uh, great stuff from Adam, as always. Check out the Pro Football Betting Guide. When we come back, Adam's going to hang out for another segment. We're going to talk some college football here on My Guys in the Desert. To my guys in the desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. Your next win is brewing. Play free fantasy baseball, football, and basketball with draft time matchups presented by Miller Lite. Draft wins in 13 contests and compete for your share of $41,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Miller Lite to get in on the action. Miller Lite, great taste, less filling, 21 plus only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back. This is My Guys in the Desert coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino. Femi Abebefe alongside Adam Burke, our VEASAN betting analyst and writer over at VEASAN.com. Let's turn our attention, Adam, to college football. Week zero kicks off tomorrow bright and early with Nebraska and Northwestern over in Dublin, in Dublin, Ireland, I should say here. This line opened Nebraska 10-point favorites, shot all the way up to 14. Now it's come back in the last 24 hours here. Uh, are you surprised by how volatile this line movement has been in this Big Ten matchup? A little bit. Um, you know, look, I thought it was a really interesting stance early on with the money that we saw in Nebraska, and I really can't disagree with the thought process. I mean, Nebraska upgrades at quarterback in a big way, going from Adrian Martinez to Casey Thompson. They upgraded offensive coordinator with Mark Whipple, who was instrumental in the development of Kenny Pickett at Pitt last year. But then you also look at this Nebraska team, and they're not very well coached under Scott Frost. They're not very good on special teams. That was something that hurt them a lot last year. They lost nine games by nine or fewer points last season. So a lot of people look at this Nebraska team and think, okay, they were three and nine with a positive point differential. They've got to get a lot better. So I understood the initial line move. Mm-hmm. I also, to some degree, understand the buyback because Northwestern's usually a very good defensive team. Pat Fitzgerald almost always has a good defensive team. And asking a team to go and win by two touchdowns in this season opener in Dublin with a new offensive coordinator, a new starting quarterback, all these strange things that are going on in this game, it was a pretty big ask. And also seeing the total come down a little bit made me think there would be a buy point on the underdog, and that has been the case here. My number is 11, so I'm happy to see it fall right there right now. But, of course, we'll see what happens by kickoff tomorrow morning. 
Another Big Ten team is playing. That's Illinois hosting Wyoming. This line sitting at 14, total 43. Um, I see that you have played Illinois at a number that is no longer available. Clearly, you're liking the Illini, and you're not alone. Yeah, I like the Illini here in this one. I got a minus 10 earlier on in the week. This one's all the way out to as high as 14 and a half uh, down at the South Point where our other studio is. That surprises me a little bit. I, I could see this game going to 13, but there was no point of resistance, apparently, to stop it from going to 14. Mm-hmm. And you know, you run into a situation here where you've got a two-touchdown favorite in a game with a total of 43. There are going to be people that buy back on Wyoming just because you're getting a big chunk of the spread here. You're effectively getting a third of the spread or a third of the total with the spread on this game. Uh, I'm happy to have minus 10. I hope I don't you know, get one of those CLV losers early on in the season here. <laughs> but I'll also say this. I'm a little bit higher. Or at least I thought I was a little bit higher on Illinois than the market was. But now I see Illinois pushed out to 14. My number was 13 and a half. Next week, Illinois plays Indiana. So the Big Ten mm-hmm. opener there. But I look at that game and I'm seeing Illinois getting three and a half, four points in that one. I have that game line pick. So I may be wow. on Illinois back-to-back weeks here uh, with this game and then also their game against Indiana coming up on Friday night. We're speaking with Adam Burke, VEASAN betting analyst and writer over at VEASAN.com. Also a part of the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast. I know you, Matt Humans, Tim Murray launched that just yesterday. I listened on the way in. Great stuff. I'm sure somebody else listened as well. That's why maybe that Illinois number is out to 14, 14 and a half. <laughs> but, uh, but just kind of before we get into some of the other games, preview what you guys will be kind of going over in the pod and the structure this upcoming season as we get week zero off underway tomorrow. Well, I think that show came in around 40 minutes. I know usually you have a 15-minute drive, so I guess traffic yes. was bad for you on the way in here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, so I'll be on the Tuesday edition. We'll record Monday nights for Tuesday where mm-hmm. I'm going to be kind of the small conference guy, which is kind of my area of expertise when it comes to college football. I, I will play the Power Five, but I think the Group yeah. of Five tend to have a lot more value. Uh, but we'll be doing that on Tuesdays, kind of recapping the weekend, sort of talking about the opening lines, the initial movements that we saw, previewing some of the games, and of course, being the small conference guy, recording this on Monday night for Tuesday, when we get to Maction, when we get to the mm-hmm. fun belt on Tuesday and Wednesday night, we'll be able to talk about those games as well. So looking forward to that. Tim's a phenomenal host. Obviously, Humans knows what he's talking about across the board. Yeah. So it's going to be a, a great product, and we're very excited about it throughout the course of the season. Well, let's get to some small conference. North Texas taking on UTEP. This line sitting at one and a half there in favor of North Texas. Totals at 54 and a half. Um, where's the value in this matchup here uh, coming up tomorrow afternoon? So this is been kind of an interesting line where we saw a lot of UTEP money come in early on, drag this game down from the four range down to about a pick'em. Now we're seeing a little bit of North Texas money out there. And I think of the games that are on the card here this week, I think this is the one that's going to draw a lot of sharp interest both ways. I happen to like UTEP a little bit. I have this game power rated UTEP minus one and a half. The miners did lose a lot at the wide receiver position specifically, but Something that people don't really think about too much, El Paso's had a little bit of elevation. So Mm -hmm. early on in the season, I tend to fade teams that are playing well above sea level. So that'll be something I worry about with UConn this weekend, uh, something I worry about here with North Texas in this game. I just think UTEP is, I I really love the job that Dana Dimmel's doing there with that program. I think they're a little bit undervalued. I think they're a little bit underrated. Last year, not that I'm big on revenge angles, but Mm -hmm. I do write a situational piece over at uh, vcin.com where UTEP kicked a field goal in the final minute, but North Texas went 72 yards and 42 seconds to kick a game-winning field goal. So UTEP has a little bit of revenge in this spot. They've lost three in a row. Uh, And I tend to agree with the initial line move uh, that brings this line down a little bit. So I may end up on UTEP plus one and a half. And in a situation like that, I'll sprinkle the money line as well. 
The late night game between Hawaii and Vandy is really fascinating. When you look at the line movement, this opened Vandy two and a half over there on the island. Now it's up to nine and a half. They're the road chalkier. At what point do we get in on Hawaii? Well, I don't know if we're going to get a 10. It seems like nine and a half may kind of be the stopping point here. So we may have to settle for nine and a half. If 10 pops, I'm going to play it as quickly as I can. But I was out to dinner with some very smart people last night, Mm -hmm. uh, including Rex Byers, Adam Chernoff, Las Vegas, Chris, uh, great meeting of the minds. I don't know why I was invited, but we were talking about this. <laughs> I, I game. didn't get the text, so just in case, in case you guys wanted to know, <laughs> we were talking about you were too busy doing calisthenics with the exactly. decent betting guy. Got to be in uh, shape for football season. We were talking about this game and kind of crowdsourcing opinions from the odds makers around town here, and most of them have this game very close to pick them, if not right on pick. Wow! Em. So a lot of us are trying to figure out what's going on here with this Vanderbilt line move. I kind of thought maybe Hawaii has players suspended and we don't know yet. Maybe there's some sort of COVID situation, but the odds makers would have known that already too because they Mm -hmm. get a lot of that inside info. So I don't know what's going on with this game. All I know is my line was two. I adjusted Hawaii, bumped up to four when I saw this line going up. I could never get to nine and a half in this game. Vanderbilt doesn't travel west very often. They're Mm -hmm. five time zones away. They're playing in what could be a rather interesting environment. Only about 9,000 to 12,000 people there. But Timmy Chang makes his head coaching debut, Hawaii legend. There's no way in hell I could expect Vanderbilt to win this game by double digits. So if I have to take nine and a half, I will. But I'm hoping a 10 pops just kind of for a little more security. But I do not understand why this line's run out the way it has two two and a half and and now it's at nine and a half that's crazy to me uh somebody must be really high on the commodores i mean maybe it's a which is obviously a winning strategy year (laughs) in and year out i was gonna say they're talking about how they're gonna be the best program in the country (laughs) in in years to come maybe that's year's gonna be this year (laughs) we're gonna find out evidently it's going to be (laughs) um we got a couple minutes left here adam uh what week one game in college football intrigues you the most yeah, I think there are a few. I mean, you know, obviously Ohio State Notre Dame is a pretty interesting game with the Buckeyes yeah. being such a massive favorite. That line got pushed all the way out to seventeen here now, and uh, should be twenty. The Buckeyes are going to win it all this year. Yeah, I I tend to agree with you. I know you you wanted to you wanted me to sign off on the Ohio State play. That's very easy for me to do as a Buckeyes fan, yeah. but. They improved the defense with Jimmy Knowles, as you mentioned. I mean, the wide receiver room could be better, and they lost two top fifteen picks. So. Mm-hmm. You know, pretty good team there. But, uh, you know, one game that really interests me here quite a bit, a couple of them actually, uh, BYU in South Florida is a really intriguing game for me. You got BYU a 12-point favorite in that one, total of 58. South Florida will be better. I really liked their coaching hire of Scott that they brought in a couple years ago. I like getting Jerry Bohannon, the transfer from Baylor, as the quarterback. But I still have this number BYU minus 16. So Mm -hmm. I think there's a little bit of line equity in the Cougars here for this game. The obvious concern would be, I talk about teams going to play in elevation, BYU is going to go play in hot, humid, sultry, very uncomfortable Tampa for this game. So I do worry about them a little bit in the second half. So maybe BYU as a first half play is something I could get behind. I'll probably end up playing the 12 anyway, but just a little bit of a concern there. Another game here, very intriguing noon kickoff in Boone, North Carolina, where the Tar Heels go to Appalachian State. Again, a little bit of elevation. Boone is the highest in elevation east of the Mississippi in college football for FBS. But I think the wrong team is favored here. North Carolina is a two-point favorite. I have App State a two, two two-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. So I'm pretty high on the Mountaineers, maybe a little bit lower than the market on North Carolina. But that is a very, very fascinating game. You get 
you know, a big brother type team yes. going to App State. That's always a great environment. So I'm really looking forward to that game. And lastly, I don't have a play on it, but Army and Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina's offense is so precise. A lot of pre-snap motion, a lot of moving around, but then they face the Army triple option. Two very contrasting styles. I'm looking forward to that one. That is fantastic stuff. We're a week out already getting that college ball week one analysis. Is it hot, humid, and sultry? The, the week it one. is. It always is. <laughs> it always is. Always. Adam always. When, never mind. I'm not going to do it. Adam Burke trying to keep his job. Also, he's better <laughs> and writer. Uh, Chris Andrews joins us next year as we wrap up the show. <laughs> The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast? 
host of Tom Brady Stole the Show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser podcast to start listening. You're listening to My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This segment of My Guys in the Desert is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that have helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. Zen understands there isn't one right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline's a little different. Everyone is on their own journey. But whenever you feel like you're ready to take that step forward to change, Zen will be there for you. Check out Zen Nicotine Pouches at Zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back. This is the final segment of My Guys in the Desert coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Femi Abebefe in for Stormy Bonantoni. And joining us to help us wrap this thing up, we bring in our guy, Chris Andrews, the sportsbook director over at the South Point Hotel and Casino. Chris, we were talking before we even got this thing going off that, hey, man, college football is back tomorrow. We're ready to roll. Let's get into this first game out in Dublin, Ireland. Northwestern taking on Nebraska. Uh, this market was in favor of the Cornhuskers heavily going all the way to 14, but did you guys anticipate this buyback here on the Wildcats? No, not really. You know, Femi, from the beginning, I, I kind of like Nebraska in the game. I think it opened like uh, 10 and a half and 11 in most spots. I opened 11 and a half. They bet me all the way up to 13 and a half, but since then, they took the 13 and a half, took 13, took 12 and a half, took 12, took 11 and a half, so I'm, back, I'm down to 11 right now. But pretty even on the game, but a ton of business for really, I mean, let's face it, not such a great game, but a ton <laughs> of action on this one. And it's going to start off our season, so uh, I'm very excited to watch this one. It should be fun. Yeah, I feel like this, this is not the sexiest slate, but it's the slate that we have to work <laughs> with. So we're going to be all watching it glued to this college football week zero. With that said, though, what has the handle been like here for this initial start to the college football season? You know, Femi, it's been fantastic. It's, you're right. It's a lousy schedule. <laughs> you know, Femi, you put up your money and you lay or take points or do whatever you're going to do. And it's, uh, it's exciting as, uh, you know, uh, Michigan and Ohio State in November. I mean, you know, you got your money on the line. You're going to root your butt off. So here we go. We're starting off early and a lot of, lot of business, a lot of opinions, a lot of action. How are the betters betting you in this Wyoming and Illinois game over in Champaign? This one kicks off at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Well, this is strictly a one-way street. Uh, we opened the game, I think we opened it at 10, if I remember correctly. And we're all the way up to 14 and a half with this game. Uh, and I'm checking here. Yes, we did open at 10. So I'm all the way up to 14 and a half. It's been nothing but Illinois money, uh, you know, point spread. Uh, my ticket count is probably like three to one Illinois. Uh, a lot of money line play. Uh, laying like the six dollars in a lot of money line parlays and stuff, so it's it's been all Illinois. Uh, come one o'clock on Saturday, we'll certainly be rooting for Wyoming. I promise you that. <laughs> 
<laughs> We're speaking with Chris Andrews, the South Point Hotel and Casino Sportsbook Director. The late night game, and I'm going to steal a line from Patrick Everson there. It's the get even or get even deeper game between Hawaii and <laughs> Vanderbilt there. Uh, it's been all Vandy so far here. Are you guys anticipating kind of a similar movement maybe tomorrow, like we saw here with this Northwestern Nebraska game where money comes in on the dog, or is all the appetite for the Vanderbilt Commodores? You know, I've talked to some pretty sharp handicappers, and they in put my well, I'm not sure I'm going to call myself a sharp handicapper, but all of us have kind of thought this number should be Vandy a very slight favorite, like one, two, maybe even as high as three. So this move kind of surprised all of us. Uh, now that being said, you know the public usually does bet the favorite in these late games for the get even. I always call it get even or get even worse game. So you know they. they they might bet Vandy in this one, uh, but I think the sharp money, I think, is going to come back on Hawaii. Uh, it hasn't shown up yet. Uh, we're at nine. I see plenty of nine and a half, but, you know, 10 might be the trigger to get some uh, back on the dog. I, you know, I think it's a big price to lay on the road for a very, very, I mean, I don't even want to call mediocre Vandy team. A, yeah. a not very good Vandy team. We don't know what to expect out of Hawaii, though. A lot of new faces over there. But, you know, I, I just think catching that many points, I, I, I got to feel the dog would be the right side if you're catching enough points. And I think we might get up to 10 and, you know, double digits might entice a few wow. points. I think it will. Wow. If it's 10, I mean, I have, might have to get involved in this game here with Hawaii if we see double digits at home as they take on the Vanderbilt Commodores. That game kicks off 730 over there on the island. Uh, we have college football week zero tomorrow. We have NFL tonight here, Chris. Which game is the apple of the better's eye in the National Football League? Uh, well, right now, as far as uh, needing a side, they're betting me the Raiders pretty good. So uh, I'm going to need the Patriots tonight. But, that, that, again, that's strictly a one-way street, all, all mm -hmm. Raider money. But if we're looking at two-way action, it's the Bills and Panthers. You know, the Bills have been a fantastic uh, preseason team for the last couple of years. But the sharp money has been on the Panthers. Now the public's all over the Bills. So money-wise, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not even a hundred dollars difference between the two teams. But ticket-wise, ticket-wise, it's about five to one in favor of the Bills. So smart money on the Panthers. Public's on the Bills. I'm really not sure who I'm going to be rooting for come post time. We're a little more than an hour away. Uh, but that, that's been the game of the day as far as action. But like I said, Raiders, that's the one that everybody's on, but I'll strictly need the Patriots uh, come come kickoff tonight. It's interesting that the public money is not in on the Panthers because we know Baker Mayfield is going to play in this game. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen, the rest of the starters not expected to play tonight for Buffalo. So that's interesting that we see Buffalo being backed, but Sean McDermott, kind of like a Jim Harbaugh or John yeah. Harbaugh light, we should say here with the preseason, the Bills being successful in the month of August as well. What about this Seahawks and Cowboys game where Seattle's laying seven totals at 37 and a half? We will see Geno Smith and Drew Locke for the Seahawks. That's kind of a crazy number, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Seahawks seven at Dallas. Uh, uh, but uh, sometimes, you know, I mean, uh, the old saying is sometimes price tells you the winner. Uh, I'm not sure that's the case here, but that's a lot of wood delay on a line that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But, you know, the sharp money is definitely on Seattle here. Uh, you know, the Cowboys, they're just going to try to get through one more week without any injuries, whereas the Seahawks are really trying to find their stride. And by the way, 
besides uh, besides the Bills and the Ravens, ever since uh, Pete Carroll has been in Seattle, they've been a great preseason team too. Mm-hmm. So I think right now, probably the Seahawks is the right side. That's a lot of wood delay up to seven, you know, over a touchdown and exhibition game. You know, that's a mountain to climb. But I'd be very tentative if you're looking to bet the Cowboys. I'd be very very shaky on that. Speaking of those Ravens, they've won 22 straight in the preseason. Uh, they're laying six that against. The, yeah, that's it. <laughs> 22 straight. I mean, they're hitting at about a 90% ATS record. Um, yeah. 39 and a half is the total here. Are we seeing more Ravens money into the market, or are people maybe pressing off of, of Baltimore here in this preseason finale? No. You know, that's another one. Uh, you know, the public's all over the Ravens, but the sharp money, we were up as high as seven this game. Sharp money come in on the commanders plus plus seven, plus six and a half. But again, uh, you know, the ticket count is high on the Ravens, probably about little, probably about four or five to one favor the Ravens. But the money, the money is very equal. So the, the wise guys are on the, on the commanders and the public's on the Ravens. You know, it's kind of like the Bills. I mean, can you blame them? They've cashed a whole lot of tickets on these teams. And, uh, you know, the wise guys see a little value on the on the dog or on the other side in this case. And, you know, that's what that's uh, what they're coming in on. But, uh, you know, the, listen, I, if you cash 20-some straight tickets on a team, I, I, why would you bail <laughs> out? So that's what they're, that's what they're thinking anyway. Uh, Chris, we got a couple minutes left here. Wanted to get you get your thoughts, I should say, on baseball. The New York Yankees on July eighth had a fifteen and a half game lead in the NL East. That lead is now seven and a half here, as we said on August twenty sixth. I'm looking at your guys' app right now. Yankees two to one to win the pennant, around that four to one price to win the World yeah. Series here. Um, is there a chance maybe the Yankees lose this division, even though that lead seemed insurmountable at the All Star break? Well, you know, what do we have, about 40-some games left, 45 games left, something like that? Yeah. It's hard to make up seven and a half games, you know, especially in a division. And I haven't really examined the schedules too closely. But, you know, Tampa's playing some great baseball. But, you know, so so is, uh, so is Toronto. Yeah. You know, and, and the Orioles aren't going away anytime soon. The Red Sox have certainly fallen off. But if you're playing all division rivals, you know, it's going to be hard to make up that ground. Just, you know, there's there's no, like, weak sisters. I ain't even called you know, the, the Red Sox, a weak sister, although they're certainly uh, not playing very well, but you know, how are you going to make up that kind of, that kind of, uh, margin, you know, playing all these teams that are all pretty good. So I think the Yankees still hold on to the division. Now, once we get into the playoffs, I mean, I don't know. I, you know, I, I think Tampa or, or Toronto, both very viable teams. And I think they're going to be, Listen, whoever gets in there, it's going to be a tough out. And of course, you got Houston in there, and you know the Mariners are still playing good ball. Uh, you know, I don't know who's going to come out of uh, the Central, but you know, uh, Commanders playing good ball. I don't know what we're, we're waiting all year for the White Sox to wake up. I don't know <laughs> if we ever will or not. You know, so we'll see. It's going to be tough. But right now, I think I think it's kind of an open crapshoot, uh, more so than it looked like uh, you know three, four, five weeks ago when it looked like the Yankees were. Uh, just going to kind of waltz through, uh, except for maybe Houston. Yeah. He is Chris Andrews, the sportsbook director over at the South Point Hotel and Casino. Chris, we appreciate the time as always, and we will talk soon. Thank you to Adam Burke here at VSIN as well. Thank you to you guys for watching and listening. Best of luck with the bets coming up this weekend. For our entire crew here at the Circle, we're saying so and along. Coming up next, Rush Hour with Ben Wilson here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.